media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. I asked the question last week that we're going to ponder just for a second this morning, kind of set the stage for this last sermon of uh, kind of introducing our vision verse for the year. And the question that I asked last week, is it possible to say the right thing in the wrong way at the wrong time? How many of y'all have done that before? You know, that maybe even your intention, your heart was good, and, and yet it just came out differently. And maybe sometimes you said the right thing, but your heart wasn't good, and so it, you know, just didn't fit into the situation. Well, this morning, realizing that vulnerability in our life, what hope do we have when it comes to using this powerful tool, this gift, this blessing that God has given us, communication, verbiage, whether we can speak it, we write it, how do we use that? to truly bring life, to reflect the life of God and not bring harm. As the Bible would say there in our vision verse, bring death. It's all been based along this verse that we've been looking at for the last three weeks now, Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. What a gift God has given us. And we've mentioned that gift over these last three weeks. What an amazing power. Remember in James when it said that, you know, like the rudder of a ship, that it's just really small in comparison to the size of the ship. And yet, as James said, this little spark can create a a forest fire. Jesus said that it has a revealing nature, that things that are in our gut, our heart, down deep, deep, that really are there, that... Out of the words that in our mouth, you know, comes the abundance from, from this depth that we have within us. That can be really good and can be really bad at times. And so we see this incredible power, and we've been on this subject now for a, a couple of weeks. I promise you, we could fill the entire 2024 preaching schedule with different verses from God's Word on the application of our speech, of how to use it in the capacity to, to extend life, to, to bring death. And yet, this is going to be the last one that we're going to look at. We'll be getting, uh, going through Acts starting next week and going through the book of Acts and looking at just the, the wondrous things that, that happen as Christ ascends to the Father and as God establishes the church. But this morning, we're going to look at a, a phrase that, that I've been uh, both using in counseling but also uh, have received more questions about than anything else, I think, in the last 40 years. And that is this nature of speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. Well, what does that phrase even mean? Is it even in the Bible? Does it give us permission, because we are the beholders of truth in our own opinion, to uh, kind of tractor over somebody, because we're standing for truth. Does it compel us to speak, even if there's a time that we really should be silent? And so this morning we're going to look into the Word of God and, and say, okay, is this biblical? And if it is biblical, what does it mean? Speaking the truth in love is probably one of the most frequently kind of things that we come into contact with sometimes when we just want to justify that we're ready to share our mind, our opinion with somebody. Have you ever done that before? 
that you, you know, this person needed to know how you felt about things. And so you're going, you know, I'm just going to speak truth and love. Is that the biblical context? Is, is this word, this phrase, this notion of speaking the truth, is it even in the Bible? Well, it is in the Bible. It is in the Bible. And yet this morning, when we look at the context of how it was used in the Bible, it's going to be really drastically different than the way that we usually see it. There's a context there that we can learn from. There's some applications from the context that we can draw out even into practical living. But folks, if we're going to use the Bible or misuse the Bible, let's at least go to the Bible and see what the context was, see what the purpose was, so that we don't go out there and and simply use a phrase that may be in the Bible and we use it for our own uh, desires, our own warped sense of rightness. Ephesians chapter 4. In chapter 4, Paul is addressing relationships in the church. Paul's writing about unity, and he was actually warning about being deceived by false doctrine. That, that's the real context of speaking the truth in love. And, and the responsibility that you and I would have as brothers and sisters in Christ, the church, to speak truth and love to one another. Concerning a lot of things, but primarily if we want to look at the context, that we would speak truth and love uh, about all kinds of doctrines that are out there. That we would use this in the establishment of truth in our own life. And that the purpose would be that, that we would speak this truth one to another so that we could all mature together. And so you can see as we begin to even look at it, it's all about relationships. I don't believe speaking truth in love is really my call to go up in a crowd of people that I don't even know and I see somebody's t-shirt and for me to call that person out and begin to just start going down. There may be other truths and other biblical things that we can look at, but I don't know that speaking truth and love to that person that I don't even have relationship with, that that's really the context of this meeting. I want to share with you three things and we're going to go really, really quickly through Ephesians 4. I hate that in one way because I, I want to go word by word, phrase by phrase, uh, truth by truth. And yet, I think there's a value this morning for us to kind of speed that up and, and look at three different aspects that we see in Ephesians 4. We're co- going to cover a lot of verses, but I think that you'll see a pattern. There's a reason why I want to go through it quickly. Not to finish Ephesians 4, not to try to cover a lot of verses, but so that we truly can see the context of this phrase, speaking truth in love. And so, Ephesians chapter 4, go back to verse 1. What I believe that we see here is the foundation upon which this phrase, this this mindset, speaking truth and love, is given. And the key there, what, what is the foundation? It's one of unity. Look what it says. Verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner of the for the Lord. Already Paul identifies himself as what? <laughs> a prisoner. Not in a context of, oh my goodness, I'm in chains here. That was what he's saying is, okay, this isn't about Paul. This is about God. This is about the one that I'm a slave to, his truth, his mind. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So do you see that? 
you may come up with a different word than, than me. And that's fine. It's, I, I'm saying this is all the foundation is unity. You may come up with another word except for unity. But I see that there. And I don't know that you could really biblically disagree that, yeah, he's all about, you know, the foundation of this whole thing is pulling these brothers and sisters in Christ together into one accord, together in the mindset of what is truth and how do we share that truth to encourage one another. So we see a foundation. I'm calling that foundation unity. And then we read on. Look at verses 11 through 13. I believe this is the intention upon which this phrase is given, and I'm using the word maturity. Okay, again, that's my word. You're, you're going to find it in there, but you could use another word. Foundation of unity, the intention of maturity. Look what it says, verses 11 through 13. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ. Do you see that? Would you say that at least one word that we could use there is that the intention of speaking truth and love, since that's what we're leading to, is maturing in Christ? That you and I could reflect this mature manhood to, to measure the, sta- the stature of the fullness of Christ. So now that we're going to go to the last part of, of uh, the scripture for this morning, Ephesians 4, 14 through 16. And, and I'm using the term here, the application. How, how do we live this out? And I believe that one thing that we would see here is that truth is to be an anchor for us in a world where there are all kinds of winds and doctrines and false beliefs and false teachings. Look what it says, verse 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. There, there it is, folks. As far as I know, they're really the only time in the Bible that it uses that phrase in such a direct form. This is the context. And he says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So one of the first things I want us to see about the context here, in this phrase, this command from God, is contextually speaking, that this is not really about going to your sister and saying, she's always at late at every family event that we have. Always late. And so I'm going to speak to her truth in love. It's not really the context. I'm not saying that there's not a, an application from other biblical texts that we could say, hey, go, go talk to your sister and say, look, you're always 30 minutes late. We're always waiting you. Hey, you know, can you try showing up sometime? That may be wise, may be unwise. I don't know your sister. But it's not the context of speaking truth and love biblically, guys. And this is not the time for, for us to go and to uh, tell somebody that they've hurt your feelings about not being invited to some event. Well, all the other ladies were there, but 
Nobody called me. All the other men got to go, but nobody called me and invited me. Does that hurt your feelings sometimes to be left out of maybe a group that you thought you would be included in? And so in your mind, I'm going to speak some truth in love. Let them know that when they don't invite me, you know, that they hurt my feelings. And it's, folks, that's all about us. And I'm not saying that there's not some truth there. And I'm not saying that's not a realness of some of the things that we face in life. But it's not the context of this command to speak the truth in love. I mean, it really was a spiritual context. And it was a context to the body of believers. This was not even for general populace. You know, just as a good phrase, everybody go out there and speak the truth in love. No, that's what we've seen in Proverbs is just good wisdom. There are times, remember in wisdom it says, there's time to speak and there's times to be very, very quiet. That's good wisdom. Does that apply to everybody? Yeah, that's just good wisdom. Here, the context of speaking the truth in love is the church... In a day and age when there was every kind of wind of doctrine that was going around, a lot of false teachers already being developed in first and second century Christianity. And the call here was that we as a body, that we, that we would identify false teaching, that we would encourage one another, that we would protect one another. And that sometimes that would mean that we would have to speak the truth in love. Does, does that make sense? Because when we begin to see that, when we begin to experience it, I think it gives us the context and a foundation for application to our lives. It certainly has that application. I don't know of a day that we've lived that there's more false teaching. There's more things that are just anti. You know, they have some semblance of seeming spiritual, and yet it's a false teaching this way or that way. And so the context of speaking truth and love still very much applies directly in the day and age that we live. But I think that we can take those three foundational truths, those, that mindset, that heart set, that we see in the instruction of this word, and we can apply those just the way that we would go out and try to speak the truth in love. Well, Pastor, what do you mean by that? What did we say was the foundation of this? My word, I understand this, my word. What was the foundation of this passage? Unity. What we say was the intention of this passage. Maturity in Christ. What would we say was the application as we go out and we live and breathe this? It was to serve as an anchor for us in a world of deception and all kinds of false doctrines. So let's take those things. What Unity, maturity, and an anchor of truth. Let's take those three things. I realize those are my words. But I think you see the truths reflected in, in the passage that we looked. What if we applied those three principles that we see in the context of this verse to us going out and speaking one to another? All of a sudden, just because your sister is late to every family event, does that really fit here? Well, I'm just going to go give her a piece of my mind. As the old joke says, are you sure you have enough mind to give a piece away? I mean, seriously, guys. See, one of the things that when we take the Bible and we just want to use it as a hammer, 
As we just want it as an excuse for our own life. We can do all kinds of dangerous things. Is there an appropriate time in my marriage? Carly's back there teaching the kids, so you can tell me or whatever. Is there an appropriate time that I may feel justified in my husbandness, my maleness, my whateverness? I'm just going to go tell her speak. I'm going to go speak truth and love to her. No, amen. Amen. Such wisdom. <laughs> but what if my motivation, what is, what if my motivation was for unity in our marriage? What if my motivation was maturity of Christ for her and for me? And what if my motivation was we need this truth because our feelings can get in the way and our feelings can be deceptive? Would this text fit to the application of us living this out and breathing this out? And I would say yes. We always want to look at it in context. We always want to apply the word where the the word was presented in context. And yet the truth of that word, we can begin to say, okay, man, if we take those truths and those principles, they really do apply in my daily life. This isn't just for somebody in the church that comes up and, and says something spiritually wrong. It is that it directs me. But it's not just for that. It, God gives us truth so that we can just live it out. What if my whole foundational purpose of speaking to Carly, speaking to a church member, speaking to a family member, speaking to somebody else, was caught up with what it says there in those first verses. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What if that was a foundational place where I begin to pray, God, you know, do I mention this, Carly? If I, if I, if I do, what am I supposed to say? What if that was the foundation that I'm building on? Do you think that I'm at least following the Spirit of this? Not taking out of context but that I can apply this truth in a way that God meant it? Do you think that that's accurate? See, for somebody who wants to always look at context, 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 at the same time, I want to know that the truth of God's word has an application that goes maybe beyond just the strict context of that. I think I would be following biblical principles myself if I am talking to my wife, I'm, I'm going to speak truth in love. And the foundational purpose was one of unity to bring us together. I don't think I have violated the word of God. I, I think I've lived out the word of God. Well, what if my whole intentional purpose was what we read in that middle passage? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up the body of Christ until we all attain in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That, that my whole purpose was that Carly and I would be more mature in Jesus Christ. And what if my purpose, my application of this was that we live in a world where her friends are saying, kick him to the curb. And my friends were saying, well, you stand up. You be a man. And I get all kinds of unbiblical doctrine or teaching in my head. And it's not the spirit of Christ. Is that a possibility, even to the Christian? That even your Christian friends, ladies, could give you unbiblical advice? 
But man, that your friends who are supposed to be leaders in the church could give you unbiblical advice when it comes to even the relationship that you have in marriage? You better believe it. I've heard some of the worst unbiblical things coming from one Christian to another Christian that just did not follow biblical teaching. If all those purposes were in my heart, how would it change the way, the tone, and the hope of the conversation that I would have with Carly or that she would have with me? Do you get the drift there? Do you you follow that? God in his kindness, in his goodness, in his grace gives us instruction in his word. When we read, speak the truth in love, there's a cultural meaning of that. That means that you have the liberty to go out there and say whatever you want. In fact, if anything, we live in a culture right now that says not only do you speak your mind, but you owe it to the world to speak your mind. It's not biblical. We're not entitled to do this. This is a gift given by our Creator, and we have to understand in this gift that it has incredible power. I can extend life in the, in the sense of be gracious and kind and, and, and build to life. I can bring death. We're not entitled to go out there and just say whatever we want. Believe it or not, not everybody in the rest of the world is really always interested in your opinion. I know that it's a shock to some people. Well, tell me how you... I mean, when was the last time that somebody came up and said, tell me how you feel about fill in the blank? No, we just read it on a Facebook page or on social media or we hear a little bit of the conversation or we see somebody's T-shirt and we want to go over there. Well, let me go speak some truth and love to that person. We're not invited. We don't have a relationship and we just, but we're going to extend uh, our opinion about that. It's not the biblical meaning of speaking the truth in love. I would say it's one of the farthest things away from what God says in Ephesians 4. First of all, this is not about you speaking your mind, your feelings, and you. It's speaking truth in love. Whose truth is that? Yeah. I mean, how many times have we expressed ourselves and we are talking about and and being really honest with ourselves in in evaluation? No, that was my mind. That was my feelings. That was me. And so did I speak the truth of God? Secondly, we begin to see that this is not about your family member or friend becoming more like you. A lot of times when we want to share our opinion, when we want to share something kind of Strong, it's like, okay, I'm right, you're wrong, and so if you do what I tell you, you're going to be more right. In one way, you're saying, I mean, we've all done it. You're going to be more like me. That's not what the scripture says. We're not to be more like you or me or any of us. We're to be more like who? Christ. That's what he said. That's what Paul says, man, that he's assigned these uh, leaders in the church to teach. So that we can be more like those leaders? No, so that we can be mature in Christ Jesus and be more and more like Him. That's the basis of being, of speaking the truth in love. 
So with those two gut checks just there, okay, is this more about me or is it more about Christ? Is this my version of truth or is this biblical truth? How would those two things guide you even this next week as we would go out and use this gift, this power of the tongue, of speech, of communication? And he, again, we've been really emphasizing that if you are married, and I realize that not everybody's married, but if you are married, it starts in that relationship. Would you say that that begins to guide you? Because that gut check, that, that biblical gut check begins to identify, no, this is much more about me than it is about God. It's more, much more my version of truth. I mean, one place this comes up in a very practical thing, guys, in marriage is, you know, when, uh, let's say, I come from one kind of family and and Carly comes from another kind of family in the sense of personality style. I mean, there are families that, uh, man, if there's something wrong in the family, y'all are professional under the rug, you know, you just, peace at all costs, peace at all costs. Man, don't say it, don't breathe it, don't even think it. Kumbaya. I just stand in a corner or stand around. And then others, you were raised. Maybe by loving people, but you were raised. Hey, you speak your mind. Can you imagine if those two get married? Oh my goodness. I told you, I I like the Captain Crunch that has the little blue and red berries. Not just the regular one. You spoke your mind. There's nothing about unity. There's nothing about truth. And somebody's out there going, yes, this, this is the one special Bob that I like too. <laughs> Don't miss the point, okay? I mean, would you agree that, that sometimes we were raised differently and that the, the way that we were raised can influence even the way that we communicate one to another? And yet, what if we did say, okay, we want to speak the truth in love. We want to live out biblical truth in our lives. And all of a sudden we're going, okay, man, this is aimed toward unity. It's purposeful toward maturity. And it's to provide an anchor of truth in a world where we all have opinions. Would that change? Even the intimate conversation between husband and wife. Between, uh, in life group a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, uh, and we, we stayed a long time on parents and children, and um, I mean, there was a, not a parent in there that goes, man, just this morning, I spoke words of death, <laughs> and I was specific, <laughs> you, <laughs> we've all been there, guys, we've all been there, and yet if we live, listen to the cultural tone that says you speak your mind, just because it comes in here, or you feel it here, that it just should come out. At the same time that I say that, I think we err in another side of this context and and, and this purposefulness. We want to speak our truth and our way. We want people to be more like us. And and so we err on that side of speaking the truth in love because we, we miss the motivations there. The other thing is, I think that sometimes Christians, we are much too silent in a world and day and age when there is... And biblical teaching when there's just unrighteousness all around us, even within our own homes and in our own families. 
And I think there's a time that we really do need to speak the truth in love. We check those motivations of our heart, but then we, we are led by the Holy Spirit to speak the truth in love. I, I think sometimes there is a spiritual laziness to stand for the things of God. I'm not saying again that we go in there and if you have somebody else at your workplace that they believes different from you. One thing that we see here as the foundation of this is these are people that we have relationships with. It's all built upon, when Paul's giving this instruction, relationship is really a key here. And so it's not me just going up to somebody that I don't even know and, and try to, or I get on somebody's, you know, thread there where they've expressed something about politically this and the other. Well, I'm just going to... How many times have you changed somebody's mind because you put your version of truth on their thread, their blog, their whatever? And yet we are not to be silent. Not in those situations. We don't have a relationship with those people. We don't have influence with those people. But I'm not to be silent if somebody in the church says... Well, you know, Pastor, I know you said the Christ is the only way to the Father, but I really do believe that there's maybe a multitude of ways to God as long as our intentions are right. It is the biblical command. Remember what it said? That he's appointed apostles and, and teachers and leaders and all that. I would be advocating the responsibility that God has put on my Shoulders in, in my life, in my calling. If I said, well, you know, no, I want to take you to the word and say, here's, here's what Jesus said. I love you. I'm striving for unity, but I want maturity in your life. I want you to have an anchor for your soul in this whirlwind of doctrines. And so if I, if, if I don't speak in truth and love, God's way, God's timing in, in appropriate measures, then I've abdicated one of the responsibilities that God has given to me. And so we can err over here by just using, I'm going to speak truth in love. (laughs) They're not going to like it. And we can just wield the Bible and misuse these verses and just give an expression of our own convictions and our own intentions, and it's all about us. Or we can ignore that we live in a volatile age when there are all types of various doctrines. There's all kinds of false teaching and not speaking up to biblical truth. The call that God has placed upon our church, the the call that God has placed upon us as a, a family and a body of believers is that we would speak truth in love and that we wouldn't be silent but that we would do that so under the inspiration and the control of the Holy Spirit that even if the other person rejected it, we would know that truly our motivation was one of unity. Our our purpose was maturing in Christ. Our purpose was to give anchor of truth in a world where there are so many lies. Does that make sense, church? The context of this and yet the application of it Man, if we let these things get into our heart and be the motivation of our speech, I promise you, that'll be life-changing. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. Silence 
It's not the answer. Sometimes it is. Look what it says. And again, this is from the wisdom chapter. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of the enemy. Have you seen that truth, that wisdom played out in your life at some point in time? This is not really a call to silence. It's a call to speak loving truth. It's such an amazing hypocrisy to me to the world that says, speak your mind, champion your cause, that the minute I speak the words Jesus Christ, they, they want to cut that out. I mean, we saw that just in, in, you know, in something as silly as NFL football. A quarterback that's going to speak about Christ being his hope and, man, we're going to cut that. We're not going to air that part of it. Such hypocrisy that we live in, guys. And you can say anything else, but you mentioned Jesus Christ and crickets. Crickets. And so a call to speak. I mean, I'm not surprised with this. A lot of guys were going through John 15, and one of the things that we see that Christ was praying for his disciples, he said, they hated me and they're going to hate you if you follow me. Why do they hate him? Because I'm shining light in the darkness. And so why would we expect, he said, okay, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. I mean, Jesus gives this whole thing before he goes to the cross. He tells his disciples because they, he wants them to know, okay, the more that you really look like me, act like me, there, there is going to be hatred. There's going to be persecution. So I'm not surprised that we live in that world. I just know that we're not always called to be silent, guys. Let's conclude. I would argue that the time to speak truth and love, the need for it in the biblical context is as great as it's ever been. To our families, to our friends, to our brothers and sisters in Christ. But to do so for us to be guided by the principles that we see in Ephesians 4. That if we have a basis, a foundation of speaking something, it would be because we want unity in the relationship. That as we begin to speak hard things, that the intention would be that we would mature more and more in Christ. Not just they would mature more and more in Christ, but that I'm maturing more and more in Christ. And that the application is in this world of so many false things, that we would have an anchor to hold on to God's truth. Not my truth. Not this political candidate's truth, not not this football player's truth, but biblical truth, God's truth, that that would be the anchor for us. And that that would be established in our homes. My prayer is that, that you and I, that we as a church, would be faithful to this high call. We've looked at this verse for three straight weeks, the one I'm about to read. Um, and it's just kind of been an aside each time. But, but I want to end this little short series with this. If we go down in Ephesians 4, just a, just a couple verses down, and he begins to talk about, okay, now this is unity in Christ. Here's the world that you're living in. Here's how now you are called to be different because Christ is in you. Look what Paul writes to us. Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear.
Just a couple verses down from this whole context here. He continues on. Now because the very spirit of the living God lives in you, let this be the way that you communicate one to another. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. Father, how many times have I justified something that I wanted to say to somebody and used the phrase, well, I'm just speaking truth in love. And there was a lot of truth, but maybe there wasn't a lot of love. Father, how many times have I been silent because I didn't want to upset feelings and I hid it behind, well, I'm just trying to be loving. And yet, Father, the thing that was needed the most is the example of our own Savior when He spoke to to Peter who had just testified, You are the Christ. And yet when he hears that this Christ is going to go to a cross and die for the sins of the world, that Peter would rebuke Jesus. So in love, in a spirit of restoration, in a spirit of, of maturity, Christ speaks back to him some of the harshest words that we see ever come out of his mouth. Get thee behind me, Satan. Father, will you teach us the wisdom of all this? When to speak, how to speak. When to be silent. That we would be guided by your spirit. Father, thank you so much that there can be a right place and a right time to say the right thing to the people that we love. We love you, Father. And we thank you for this powerful gift that you've given to humanity here on earth that you didn't give to any other part of your creation here on earth, Father. The power of words. Let us be wise. Let us be holy. Let us be spirit-filled and directed in how to speak life, how to refrain from speaking death. We love you and we thank you as we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.